Warning! The Bone Bad Joe is intended for adults only and contains bad words and other yucky stuff that may make some people very angry. So watch out! An unknown germ is being blown around the world. It's highly contagious and it's reached plague proportions. So, what do we do now? Hello, Bone Bad. I dug a hole in that ground that she's standing upon. I filled it up when they said amen. And I propped up that stone that she's weeping upon And the next day I did it again I dug 99 holes in that Arkansas clay For 99 people I knew I dug 99 holes in that Arkansas clay the next one I did is for you.
And this is Gord. How's it going, man? Oh, man. It's, it's just such like a relief. It's like, whew, we finally, we finally did it. I'm, and I'm feeling, I'm feeling that sense of palatable, palatable, palpable. That's the word I'm looking for. Palpable sense of relief. <laughs> what did we do this time? We had a film festival, finally. Oh, shit. God yeah, we did damn do it. That. We did do that. That's Remember that we thing did. we did? Yeah. It's tough. It's in the books. And the, and the pixels, yeah. The 10th Bonebat Comedy of Horrors Film Festival is complete, finally, after, what, months and months and months 10,000 years. Probably right around this time, I, I would guess, we, we kicked off the Kickstarter last year, so probably a full year getting this in the books. A full COVID year, but uh, somehow <laughs> we managed to do it. Uh, we screened 58-some shorts from around the world. Uh, people from all over the world watched. We had people from as far away as Spain uh, enjoying the film festival with us. And uh, I think a good time was had by pretty much everybody. I would say so, yeah. People enjoyed it. Now, uh, this episode, we're going to sort of relax a little and uh, talk about some of our favorite things play some music from the Comedy of Horrors Film Festival, and uh, give away some awards, Gord. Let's give away some awards, Gord. We'll have our interviews with our Viewer's Choice Award winners as we go through the show. But first, it's also our Halloween episode. That's right. Beer and candy, people. Beer and candy. So uh, what are you drinking and eating tonight, Gord? Oh, well, let me... As people probably remember, I don't drink the alcohol so much anymore. But the first thing out of my big bag of tricks tonight is Diablo. It's a Diablo blueberry lemonade French soda. I don't know what constitutes a French soda. Perhaps you open the can and it immediately surrenders. I don't know. And it's... uh. It's lightly carbonated. It's got naturally sourced ingredients and B vitamins, 30 calories, and it's not terribly good. <laughs> okay. It tastes like if you carbonated the punch that was left out from the Kool-Aid that was left out from yesterday's six-year-old's birthday party, and you somehow carbonated it, put it in a can, and called it Diablo, hoping some fool would buy it. That's what I'm drinking. It's don't buy this product. Okay, I will. Tonight's avoid. show is not sponsored by Diablo drink products. I will not drink that drink. Instead, I will drink this drink uh, from Seattle Stoop Brewing. Stoop, I think it's Stoop. S T O U P. It could be Stoup. I'm not could sure. Could be Stoup. But uh, from Seattle, Washington, the Fresh Hop Fiend India Pale Ale. This uh, caught my attention because it has. Uh, an image kind of like the Crimson Ghost from Misfits uh, t-shirts made out of hops on the uh, can. So, certainly a creepy look for Halloween. Sounds awesome. And this is a serious 
IBU Bittering Units IPA. It's definitely got a strong hoppy flavor. Congratulations on that. I'm which is still experienced cold. But I don't think it's going to go well with Naw Gana G N A W Rocky Road Marshmallow and Vanilla Fudge Bar. That sounds awesome. With chocolate handcrafted England. I think the sweet with this bitter is going to taste mightily fucked up, but that's kind of what we do here on the Halloween episode. <laughs> it is mightily fucked up, indeed. <laughs> well, while you enjoy that, I'm going to open up a Alter Eco Classic Blackout, which uh, 85% cacao <laughs> chocolate bar. But with a name like Classic Blackout, I'm not entirely what sure this that? is what not feed Cacao! <laughs> and it seems like there's a there's sort of like in IPAs, there's this race to make it even more and more bitter than the last guy. In chocolate, it's kind of the same thing. It's like, oh, you got 85%? Okay, we got 95%. We got 105%. So this may be too much. Let's see. No, that's good, but it would require a marshmallow. If this was with marshmallow or something really sweet, that would be better. Okay, so, so this gana, or mm-hmm. gana, it's pronounced gana. The chocolate is good. It's kind of a kind of a nice, rich milk chocolate like Cadbury. So that definitely that British style. The marshmallows are kind of the weak link. They're kind of old, dry, almost like cereal marshmallows. <laughs> like so, blueberry, yeah. So that's not awesome. It's got some nice almonds on it too. I think some kind of. Well, nuts. we know how much you like to put nuts in your mouth. And those are good. So, uh, yeah, it's not terrible. Not a ringing endorsement. The beer's better than candy. Okay. So we've done that. There will be more beer and candy as we go mm. through the show. I hope so. Along I hope with it's better. Of spooky music. Uh, we start out with the Grave Digger from Hollins and Hollins Mortuary Entertainment as it screened at the Bone Bat Comedy of Horrors Film Festival. X, there will be a lot more where that came from, as well as brand new music from Sam Haynes, who we have played many times in our Halloween episodes over the years. He's got a brand new release called Groovy Murder Disco, and we will be hearing some cuts from that, as well as a few brand new jams from Attack of the Killer Monster Mashup, the brand new installment of that awesome series, which you can download free right now for your Halloween listening pleasure. Just head over to BoneBat.com for the link. And on top of that, we're going to do what we always do right about this time. Gord, what pisses you Steve, off, man? I'll tell you what pisses me off. I, and there's an outside chance I may even be in the wrong, but that doesn't make, make me any less pissed that off. Has never stopped us in the past from this segment. Really? Never even slowed me down. I'm seeing a lot of headlines about this upcoming presidential debate where they're going to be able to shut off the mic. <laughs> and it's spelled M-I-K-E all over the place. Really? Mike, Mike, M-I-K-E. A microphone, if you're calling it a mic, I've always just spelled it M-I-C, and I'm not the world's foremost authority on spelling, but come on, it's only three letters. I can get that one right. What the fuck? Stop it. Just spell it correctly, or spell it like I do. I'm I'm going to defer to you, Steve. Is it okay to spell it M-I-K-E? I don't know. I think I've seen that before, so maybe it's one of those things where it is conventionally accepted but uh generally if i'm gonna spell mike i would spell it m-i-c 
in the place okay. to be. <laughs> yeah, like careful with that mic. Yeah, I think it's yeah. it's M-I-C. always MIC. But yeah, pisses me off. Unless Come on, like people. Mike D, that would be M I K E. That's right. That's a different thing different entirely. Kind of mic right there. Yeah. Right. So you have Mike on the mic, and you'd know which one you're referring to. Yes, you would spell both of those things differently most of the time. If you wanted to be right and not piss me off. <laughs> Which is key. What about you, Steve? What's pissing you off these days? You know, uh, something that is also election-related is pissing me off. You remember back in the day when we were young men just learning our place in the world? You'd get paid on Friday, and you'd have to pick up your check, and you'd have to take it to the bank. Do you remember that? You'd have to physically yeah. walk into a bank. Go to a teller, deposit the check into a bank. The or maybe thing, you'd go to like a supermarket and, and ask like, hey, could you cash this for me? Right, yeah. And if they knew you, they would. But would. there was like this thing. And then eventually we got to a point where we could do automatic deposit and we didn't have to do that. Remember when we would go to the video store after work and we would walk around in a physical place and we would pick out videotapes to take home and watch. Do you remember that? Uh, yeah, I, we've established I'm old as dirt, though. So remember when you had to stand in a long line to vote? It you wasn't a long line, but yeah, I remember that. You don't have to fucking do that anymore. There are lots of places where you can get a ballot in the privacy of your own home, fill it out, talk to your family about your preferences, maybe read some literature, Mark it and go down to the ballot box and insert it in that ballot box. You don't have to burn an entire fucking day standing in a line like some of these states that are trying to keep people from voting. And that oh, you haven't personally experienced this. me the fuck off. No, I just keep yeah, seeing these crazy. photos of people who literally have to burn a day. Like they got to take a day off of work or something like that to go stand in a pre-voting line for 10 hours in order to place a ballot, which is your right as a citizen. That's like some third world bullshit right there. Yeah, and that completely pisses me off. The the effort that's going on right now trying to disenfranchise our citizens is beyond unacceptable. As far as I'm concerned, election day should be like in other, you know, countries where it's a holiday. Legal holiday. That's right. Yeah. What could be more democratic than having the day off? Everyone can go vote. Yeah, if you have all the other government holidays that we have why not that as well yeah seems like that's a pretty easy ask but no because the people who most need to be working who can't afford to take off a day to go vote are the people we're trying to disenfranchise so that's why there's an answer to it but the answer is bullshit and anti-american frankly pisses me off too man so that pisses me off for what it's worth i know somebody down in texas where they've removed a bunch of the voting booth things and uh he was able just to look at an app on his phone see what the wait time was drive down it took him like three minutes drive down vote drive out of course he's like in a suburb of dallas it's pretty different if he was way out in the sticks i imagine yeah well that's great if you've got a car too and a cell phone but what if you're taking the bus and what if you have to go to the library to look up the internet to find out what's going on well, then you're poor. Yeah. And you shouldn't but, be voting anyway. Oh, dude. It's fucked up. Right there. That That's it. You piss me off. There it <laughs> is. I said it. 
Okay, not the first. Won't Let's be the last. Let's listen to a tune. Are you okay with that? Are you fine with doing a tune? I'm, yeah, let's do a tune. What tune are you doing? Uh, Why don't we do that werewolf song? Okay. I like the werewolf song. Live from the Bone Bat Film Festival, this is the Pine Box Boys. Hit it!
are back and joining us now all the way from Lisbon, Portugal, the filmmaking team from Neptune Studios, the creators of this year's Viewer's Choice Award winning short, Don't Feed These Animals. Uh, welcome to the show, folks. Thank you. Thank, Thank you for you having us. Uh, why don't you both introduce yourselves and what you did on the film? Very well. Yeah. I, I'm Miguel Madeira Freitas. I'm one of the one of the directors of uh, Don't Feed These Animals, and um, at Nebula Studios, I'm I'm like the CG supervisor and 3D artist, you name it. And uh, go ahead, Guilherme. Yeah, and I'm Guilherme Fons. Uh, I'm one of the partners and director uh, at Nebula, and in the short I directed, I have uh, edited, I wrote the, the script, uh, and did some compositing as well, uh, and also Miguel did a lot of uh, 3D and compositing related stuff. We are like, a, um, how do you say, a, a man with a lot of traits. I don't, do you have an expression? <laughs> Jack of all traits. Exactly. Yeah. Master of none, which I hope is not. But, <laughs> but still, yeah, we, we had we uh, we are very used to that. Uh, Portugal, we don't have big teams for production in any any given specific, uh, job, uh, and the short film was was another case like that. Even though there was a bigger team, we were like uh, including everyone involved. We were like approximately thirty people. Uh, and then doing the actual 3D visual work around eight or so, from 2D concepts to to rendering, etc. Uh, so yeah, we had to like, just figure out how to do a lot of technical stuff. Uh, we both wrote the, the the story together with a, a very important person that is not here with us, but it's the actual creator of the characters itself, Joseph uh, da Silva. Um, we wrote the stories and then me and Guilherme just went back and forth, back and forth, writing and, and finishing up and starting with the production. So tell me a little bit about how this film came to be. Uh, it is a spectacularly good looking short. Uh, I loved some of the sort of throwbacks to, you know, old animation. Like, for instance, uh, Lobo, his design is almost reminiscent of a little bit a cross between Bugs Bunny and Gossamer, which I thought was awesome. Uh, tell folks a little bit about how you made this short. Yeah, for sure. We All, all those old uh, cartoons were definitely our references, uh, from Bugs Bunny to Roger Rabbit. Um, we wanted to to make a 3D animated film, but with that essence from the 2D old style animation, uh, that slap and stick humor, those fast paced actions. Uh, so yeah, definitely uh, that was one of our references. I love how uh, Lobo's head isn't screwed on quite tight enough and that, that hit popping off every once in a while when he gets really excited, <laughs> that definitely remind me of like a, a Roger Rabbit sort of a moment. Do you know uh, of this cartoon called Sport Billy? No. No? Well, when we were kids, there was this cartoon called Sport Billy. Basically, it was a kid with his backpack, and he, 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 he managed to take anything that he wanted from his backpack, be there uh, tennis rackets or a car or anything, you name it. And at some point, we had this idea of actually having Lobo 
reaching inside and taking some <laughs> something, something from it, but but we refrained from doing so. Uh, we thought that some viewers could be could be a less inclined of oh my god, what is he doing? He's taking his brain <laughs> or something like that. So we wanted to like okay, he, he he's he's headless, he's brainless, but still he can do as much as 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 going as that. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, how long were you in production on this short, Miguel? Uh, I, I think we were roughly around two years producing these because we were on and off between commercial jobs. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, sometimes we, we never actually stopped, but there were more uh, slow pacing moments where every, everyone in the team, just for, perhaps me standing by and doing something in the, in the short film, but yeah, it took us a long time to produce it. Well, that's, I guess, one of the benefits of having a small team that is agile, right? You're able to sort of shift gears and work on this and then have those money-paying jobs to kind of make it work out for the stuff that's fun to do. Yeah, yeah, it was a little bit like that, yeah. Yeah, so like Miguel said, we, we work for the advertising business here in Portugal because the, the entertainment, entertainment business is very, very small. Uh, so in animation, even smaller. So we ha- we always have had this um, dream of making a film with our own characters, our own stories, etc. So probably three years ago, the the opportunity uh, arose in the form of this character, uh, which José de Silva, the, the creator of the the rabbit. Uh, gave me um, a sketch in a in a party with this little bunny, and <laughs> and it, that's when when it all started. It was such a cute and strange little guy uh, with the, the screws in his head like Frankenstein, and also he was always um, chasing this alive carrot. So we decided, yeah, let's go. Let's let's tell this, the story of this guy, how uh, the character the the carrot was born. And uh, yeah, that's, that was probably three years ago, two years more into production, and here, here we are. Yeah. <laughs> well, I love how there's a lot of other things going on. I mean, you also see the mechanically enhanced fly is kind of featured at the start of the <laughs> short. You see the lanternfish and the cow. So clearly there are other uh, creatures in this lab that have been experimented on over time. Were there any rejected concepts that you kind of thought about and thought, ah, maybe we're not going to do this one? <laughs> well, yeah, well, the fly is called Marty the Fly in an homage to <laughs> Back course. to the Future. That's of course. Of course. Uh, and then, of course, that's the golden giant fish. And there was this shot. We, we actually had this... <laughs> This extra one minute and a half that we never actually made it because we were like so delayed on time. But if there were any uh, a director's cut of it, there would be included this shot, um, a whole sequence where we somehow <laughs> described this. How do you remember the the mad cow disease? <laughs> do you remember it? Well. We explained how it was created. It was created on this lab. Basically, there, was, there, there is this in the path that the that the fly is making after she gets carried with the, the golden fish and and flies instantly through the entrance to the bee cave. There was this little piece there where she actually got tired 
and uh, landed on this manhole in the door. And you, you, we are just basically looking at this fly against a, a huge <laughs> glass window. And suddenly we hear like, <laughs> and after a few seconds, boom, splashes this whole crazy cow against the, against the wind and fully in a, in a in a crazy jacket so <laughs> it, it was so funny and just squirting milk to the glass and the fly would, would just go over and, and and get flying again uh but we had to cut that out so that was the only character that sadly didn't didn't get to to see the, the light of the day oh that is wonderful it was an amusing character. It was a crazy cow, basically. It was her name, Crazy Cow. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Oh. But other than that, every single every single thing that was uh, was brought new to to the short was we're like, yeah, let's 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 work on that. Yeah, sure. We, we we have some some other new characters. If we eventually uh, make another short or a series or something, we have another characters. Uh, in development, like we have a, a, an alive broccoli, which will be which will be the boyfriend of carrots. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we have a lot of new characters. <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah, I certainly hope that that can happen. One of the other things I loved is you just see it for a split second, but the settings on the enlarging cannon are big, bigger, and evil. Like evil, that's all. Evil, on, <laughs> that's all on the same spectrum. I just love that. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, we, uh, there's a lot of these little, little uh, Easter eggs all throughout. We actually made these brand, well, again as like an homage to all these uh, Looney Tunes references. There was the Acme, yes, Acme uh, Industries, where the the name the Coyote, Wiley Coyote, would yeah, make... he got all exactly. his stuff from Acme. Sure. Exactly. So we actually built this brand called Buns. Okay. If you look at the first shots and some of the shots we in the pantry where where when the onion is getting bigger and you see the shadows, you can see Buns tomato ketchup. <laughs> you can see there are some bags of animal feeding. You know that, that nasty feeding that that was given to Lobo when he's inside the cage in the, in the pantry. There's these bags called of carrot free now with improved cardboard flavor. <laughs> also from buns. Uh, there, there's even like uh, liquid soap from buns. Every in every small details. There are these crazy stuff that we made. Even the the, the, the big aquarium from from the fish, it's called the Buns Fishy Vision. Very <laughs> <laughs> fishy, you know. <laughs> you know, speaking of credits, the I love the Saul Bass tribute in the end yeah, credits. Those are so wonderful. Thanks. It, it, the actual credits is almost like a, a short movie on its own. Yeah, <laughs> long. Yeah, long. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Wonderful. The, the, the posters is also uh, from Saul Bass's inspiration. It was an amazing job from the, the graphic teams. Very nice. For sure. So what's next for Nebula Studios? Do you have any future shorts in production right now? Well, uh, still uh, on development, sure. On development, on, on text and etc. Uh, we actually went on. We had some, a lot of meetings uh, there in the, in the U.S., uh, because we have these decks that have a more complete story written as a feature film or either for a TV show, as a series, as a web episodes, anything all around these 
these characters and, and the world that they live in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a possibility. For sure, that would be a, a dream come true. Uh, of course, we have other ideas. It's just a matter of how can we put in, into production in, in, in our daily lives, etc. We just released the, the short film to the to the worldwide web the last month because it was a, a whole year on festival circuit, and we had this idea of also try to do something funny and and very quickly technically technically wise with the, the characters uh, and we made this Instagram account called Don't Feed These Animals where we just played and 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 tried to apply the concept of animals to all kinds of nonsensical or different situations like political matters where we put the, the carrot and the lobo's face on human bodies etc <laughs> so think like this you should check it out because it's quite funny um, but yeah we'd like slowly developing these ideas and going from that way and, and trying to come up with new stuff and trying to figure out if there are people wanting, wanting to get involved with us etc <laughs> Fantastic. Well, thank you again, both of you for and the entire team for sharing your wonderful film with us. Uh, it was definitely a highlight. The audience loved it. And uh, congratulations again on your Viewer's Choice Award. Uh, it's very well deserved. Thank you so much. Thank you so it much. It was a pleasure. So yeah. one last question. We always ask all of our guests here on the Bone Bad Show. Miguel, <laughs> Guillermo, what pisses you off? <laughs> That's a tough one. Uh, probably when when we have as uh, as directors when you have a vision and it's really difficult to explain to the team and, and then you have to go and do it your own <laughs> probably that <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's hard that's hard yeah uh, well it pisses me off the way that we are living right now with COVID and etc this that really pisses me off because it kind of goes and it's like a, like an octopus it spreads everywhere we can't do anything in the middle of all this crazy stuff um, and and unfortunately regarding work one thing that pisses me off it's some some similar to what Guillaume said it's that unfortunately here in Portugal we don't have any 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 industry uh, that we could be much more creative and have more freedom, and that kind of pisses me off because it's really 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 hard, if not say impossible, to get something done and and just go wild and do something new. That well, pisses me off, <laughs> sadly. Well, you definitely are putting out a good effort. Again, congratulations on the wonderful short. And please keep us in mind in your future efforts because we can't wait to see what you guys do next. Sure. Okay. Thank you so much.
right, once again, we are back. And joining us on the show now is producer, writer, director, Encia Van Heerden, who created the film O.I., uh, one of our favorite films from this year's Bombat Comedy of Horrors Film Festival. How are you doing, Encia? I'm doing pretty well. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's and our pleasure. Absolutely. Your film was, was much beloved uh, by our audience this year. A lot of people were really into this film. The, the comments in the chat were, were flying when it was going. That's <laughs> absolutely right. And the reason that we've called you here is because you are the winner of our Viewer's Choice Award for Best Pacific Northwest Short. So congratulations. Thank you very much. I'm honored. So one of the, the things that instantly caught my interest, you don't know this about me, but I actually own two tiki bars in my house. So to finally have a tiki bar in a Boneback Comedy of Horrors Film Festival film was amazing. I'm, I'm glad I could, uh, could oblige. <laughs> and then it's got exploding heads also. So two of the things that I love most in <laughs> Two life. of C's favorite things, TV bars and exploding heads. Wow. Yeah, well, what's, what's not to love about that? It's like a match made in heaven. It really, really is. So why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about how OI came together? So uh, my wife and I, uh, we were thinking of starting up our, our own thing. Uh, my wife's uh, producer, she produced OI, mm -hmm. and um, we want to do our own thing, um, but we also knew it was going to, you know, this kind of thing takes a while. But my my whole thought process was, well, if you're going to make something, make it, like, as good as possible. I just wanted to take an idea and push it as far as I could. Sure. And then when, I, when we made it, because uh, all the stuff I made before this was wasn't really great, you know. It was just um, experiments, really um, trying out a few things, mainly shooting out of desperation. And with this one, I was like, I want to do it properly. I want to do it. I have a team. I have people on there that that kind of know their stuff and uh, and make something great. So I, at some point uh, before that, a few years before that, I went through about two months of. I just tried to come up with as many ideas as I could in a in a day. Mm -hmm. every day for two months and this was one of the ideas so <laughs> kind of went through all the ideas picked like 10 of them and then got down to this one and so i yeah just developed this one was there yeah. ever a moment where you were like if i only had one original idea wait a minute <laughs> <laughs> well it's also funny that um so in the, in the years before that and, and up to now like you, you yeah a lot of people say that like say that phrase, like original idea. Uh -huh. And that was one of the things that got me thinking, you know, yeah, sure. like people saying, Oh, we want an original drama series. You know, it's like, well, what do you mean by original? You know, what, <laughs> what, what does that really mean? And so, yeah, I just, I just took that to, to, to its limit really. Um, and yeah, as a cartoonist, I, I do cartoons and I've, I've taken to saying that there are no original ideas because yeah. every cartoonist I know is, accused of plagiarizing some other cartoonist's idea, whether they knew about it or not. And you, yeah. you just, everything is derivative of, of something else, ultimately. Yeah. Yeah, this idea of sort of like getting behind, you know, almost almost in the, the mental machine code and of the of the mind. Yes. Um, th that's a fun one. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, um, I definitely don't think there is such a thing as an original idea. There's definitely like unique takes on things. I do think we all just just because of 
how we all see the world, the world slightly differently and you know everyone has their own experiences and that's what makes you original that's what makes you unique and that means that if you if you do something like make a movie or cartoon or something that's what you bring to it that that unique experience that no one else has really experienced like even if you take twins they even if they stay together for the for their whole lives conjoined twins they will see the world from a slightly different angle and we'll give them each a unique experience yeah sure to your point you say you know you, you wanted to take an idea and push it as far as it could go and yes. th- that is really the essence of the comedy of horrors film festival is a whole <laughs> yes. lot of people pushing a whole lot of things as far as they can possibly go yeah. and that's why this was such a lovely fit for our festival yeah that was uh, uh it, it makes me think of uh like movies around the 2000s and the 90s um, where, where a lot of a lot of those movies, I kind of you had that feeling like people were just allowed to just push things as far as they could, <laughs> and it's awesome. Right? We got a lot of great stuff out of it. That's right. So, so what's going on with the film now? I'm assuming it's on the festival circuit. Um, so it's kind of at the end of the festival circuit. Okay. Um, it's been going for a while, and it's done really, really well at the, uh, at the, on the festival circuit. Mm-hmm. I mean, for the first few places we. Uh, we tried to get in. I think we got about ten or so rejections without getting any any acceptance at oh, first. Wow. People were like, oh, brutal. "Holy crap! Oh no, I've made the biggest piece of shit in my life. <laughs> I've made a terrible mistake. <laughs> I've made a huge mistake." And then we just started getting into like once kind of the ice cracked, you know, it, it just yeah, you know, just full flood. Like yeah, we just got in everywhere and had, had great responses to everything. Um, that's that's wonderful. So it's it's on on YouTube now on Alta. Yes. Um, so all of our listeners right now can go see this film, and I will put oh, a link cool. on the Bone Bat page to make it easy for you. Oh, thank you very much. Absolutely. <laughs> it's been doing really well. There's, there's some really interesting uh, comments and thoughts about the idea and why people are immune to it. It's it's pretty cool reading through the through the comments on there. You know, it's not like your usual YouTube video, you know, where you read the comments. It's like, ah, I need to go. You have a whole own conspiracy theory come out of this thing. Yeah, there's been a, one or two of those. Uh, and then a few people going, oh, that's not original. It's like, yeah, that's kind of the point. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ezio, what are, we, what are you working on next? What is uh, coming up for you? So we've got a, a, a new short that we actually had the crew screening of it on Saturday. Oh, fantastic. Uh, called, called Hunter's Cabin. That's pretty cool. And it's completely not this. So don't watch OI and then go watch Hunter's Cabin and think it's going to be the same thing. <laughs> completely different movies. Hunter's Cabin is, is very firmly in the horror genre. Mm-hmm. But it's also, it's kind of a, an experiment too. I don't see the point of making a movie if you're not going to experiment with it. Sure. Um, well, and shorts, right? There's, yes. there's a lot of room for that experimentation, and if it doesn't yes. work, you're quickly onto another concept. So, yes, exactly. So this one is, is is kind of experimenting with how much of the monster should we show people? Because <laughs> I, I mean, when when people right out of the gate show you the monster, it's kind of like eh, you know you you've, you've got nowhere to go with it, and it's like oh yeah, it's a guy running around in a suit or. You know, oh, it's some VFX. So I kind of wanted to play around with that. 
and and take a very kind of run of a mill idea in the in the horror genre and see where we can push it to, what we can do with it. Like oh, that sounds awesome. Kind of, I can't wait yeah, to see right. it. Yeah, yeah. We only see little bits of it, Steve. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the trailer for that is out um, already. I think I think I've got it on my uh, Instagram somewhere. Okay, I'll look it up. It's on YouTube too, Hunter's Cabin, and um, I'm pretty happy with it. Came out really good, but like it's a complete, completely different to to OI. Like <laughs> not at all the same feel or anything. It's uh, it's it's pretty cool. I, I enjoyed making it. Fantastic. I look forward to seeing it, man. Yes. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, well, Ansia, one last question. We always ask all of our guests on the Bone Bash Show. What pisses you off, sir? Um, the thing that pisses me off, and I'm going to stay away from any uh, things that can blow up or anything, but I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna kind of just focus it in on movies. Let's keep keep uh, keep on, on, on track here. Okay. The thing that pisses me off is people that whisper in movies when they're not supposed to be whispering. <laughs> so when, especially these days, like all these um, uh, action heroes these days, they go, but I saw a They talk like that. And I'm like, what are you doing? The guy <laughs> is literally standing next to you and he can't hear you. I know you <laughs> I can see his eyes are vacant as he's trying to remember your line so he can say his line. And that pisses me off. That's it. Uh, <laughs> Even. It pisses me off, and people should just talk normally. I know it's a movie. I know you've got a mic right there, but we can turn the mic down. It's fine. You can just talk normal. Yeah. Sounds like something that would piss me off that I would tell Steve, and he'd go roll his eyes really hard. <laughs> I don't so, think yeah, that's true. That's my thing. That's, uh, I've been, I'm fighting against it. <laughs> Keep fighting the good I'm, fight, I'm man. I'm one of the very few in the world that do fight against us, but... Yes, I, I fight very hard against. Well, I love uh, the fact that in ten years of doing this show, nobody has ever said that for what the original are. idea. So you had an original idea, and so <laughs> that is brilliant. You just keep them coming, man. We're here for you. We can't wait. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again so much for sharing your amazing work with us, and congratulations on the award. Thank you. Can't wait. <laughs> All right, we are back. Again, that was another werewolf song from Hollins and Hollins Mortuary Entertainment live at the Bonebat Comedy of Horrors Film Festival 2020. Following that, we had an interview with Guillermo and Miguel from Nebula Studios about their film, Don't Feed These Animals, which was our Viewer's Choice Award winner for Best Animated Short this year. Congratulations to them. Uh, following that, I stuck in uh, some brand new music from Sam Haynes and his new album, uh, Groovy Murder Disco. That song was called Witch House. And then we followed that up with our interview with Encia Van Heerden, who's the director of OI, our Viewer's Choice Award winner for Best Pacific Northwest Short. And I think that brings us up to speed, right, Gordon? I think so. We're up to speed. So before we uh, talk a little bit about the festival, how about a round two of liquids and candy? Okay, yes. So Reaching I have this, Go this ahead. paint can. This paint can. Uh, inside of this paint can is Uncle Joe's Favorites, hand-cooked on open fires, Dark rum flavored hard boiled sweets. 
I How's, couldn't tell if you were going candy or beer right up until the very end. Yeah, well, that's really something. And then to mix that up, I have a can of Cantina Sangria because all of my drinks have skulls on them. This is no exception. Okay. Echo in Nuevo Mexico. Nuevo Mexico. That's that's New Mexico. I got you, screwed. You can still say Echo. Yeah, I can, but I, I don't think this is a real Mexican drink now. No, it's a New Mexican drink. God damn it. All right, well, I've got an Olipop. Ginger lemon sparkling tonic, and it's. I have no idea what this means, but it says it has prebiotics in it, not probiotics, prebiotics. That's what you get botanicals before you, that, and plant fiber. That's before it turns into a probiotic. Oh right, okay. So later on, like you go, you're prebiotic, and then maybe you're you're an amateur biotic, and then you're probiotic. <laughs> yeah, so like postbiotic after that, right? Yeah, that's you know towards the end of your. Your glory days, your Hall of Fame days. Well, it smells amazing, very gingery, very lemony. Wow, this is the total opposite of that last Diablo. So that's better than the Diablo crap. you're saying. Yeah, Oli Pop. It says it supports digestive health. This is possibly the healthiest thing we've ever consumed on the show. I don't know if it's health food, but it's tasty. Okay, so and then, so I just want to say Uncle Joe's favorites, Hank. Hand-cooked on open fires, dark rum-flavored, hard-boiled sweets. It's like a molasses sucker candy. It's good, not incredible, but it was discounted twice before I purchased it. <laughs> so I come up to the counter, and it's got this red label that says 55% off. And the guy rings it up, and he's like, oh, sorry, sir, I didn't realize you get an additional 40% off of this. It was like they were paying us to take it. Practically, yeah. And it took like 10 more minutes for him to like scan it back out again and ring up the sales to save me a dollar. It was insane. I hope and it's worth Honestly, it. it's okay candy, but it's not better than, uh, I'd rather have the time back. <laughs> well, a- I have a Lake Champagne Toffee and Almond Crunch. It's one of those microscopic chocolates you see in the store. It's like one square inch and it costs $2. So this thing better be better than sex <laughs> and it's not it's good i don't know why i paid money that kind of money for it it's a salty chocolatey nutty toffee crunch yeah the sangria is about what you expect it's wine and lime and uh it's okay it's drinkable it's not awesome great films marginal snacks that's what we're all about <laughs> you're on the bone that show all right, so let's talk a little bit about the 10th Boneback Comedy of Horrors Film Festival. I have to say, at this point, I'm exhausted but happy. It took a long time to get this to the finish line. We didn't know what was going to happen. Uh, we wanted to make sure that uh, the people who backed us last year you know, came out of this feeling pretty good about it. I think most yeah, of the Feeling like did. they got some value for their money, yeah. yeah. I think that we accomplished that for the most part. I think we had a lot of fun films. Uh, it was really great. Some of the, the response that we heard from people who have seen a lot of film festivals lately was that we had done something pretty good, that the, the lineup was excellent, that people were surprised by what we were able to put on the screen. And uh, that was pretty fun. Yeah, I think so. And it, this year was was different in well obviously because it was online but one of the cool different things about it was that we were getting this audience interaction 
in real time with the films. You know, real time feedback from people beyond just the laughter or gasps that you know you normally get in a crowded theater. You could hear what the director is saying about how they appreciated how something is shot or or making jokes or cracking wise or it, it was like the the chatter that's going on inside everybody's heads was right out there where we could see it. So that was pretty fun. That was different. That was cool. And we, we got a little hint of that in April's Best of Bone Bat Festival. But I, I think that, that that really showed itself as being something cool in this fest because people were able to see the through line of shorts that, that would might repeat, something that might repeat two hours later. And they would be providing the callback. And we even had an error that occurred. We had a film <laughs> we did. called uh, Dead Teenager Seance. Uh, it's a film from Brazil, and it is uh, in Portuguese. And the film played on Saturday, and somehow I got the file wrong, or I didn't upload the subtitles correctly, and the film was just in Portuguese. And so the Eventive had a closed captioning system, and so you would click it, and it would be trying to translate on the fly, and it was coming up with some really insane translations. It was, yeah, it was AI listening to Portuguese, trying to write it out in English and and figure out what it was saying, and, and uh, it was something, it was getting it wrong. Yeah, and this is something that could have I've seen it stop other film festivals in its tracks. And yet the audience was having a great time with it, just riffing on it, almost like a, a mystery science theater production that you could actually take part in. And yeah. that was really fun. And then the next day we were able to rescreen the film again with the correct subtitles. And it's a wonderful film. People were able to discover it on its own terms. And it was like just seeing a brand new film. And they were able to enjoy this same film two different ways over two nights. I felt lucky that it worked out that way, but it was pretty darn cool to be a part of. Yeah, that was uh, that was a surprise because my first thought was like, oh, people are going to be pissed. But it became the inside joke. Yeah. And even, you know, people were posting pictures the next day. Well, I think you did one of them of like a, yeah. a, a still from the movie with this crazy translation on it. And it got great laughs even a couple of days later. That was fun. Yeah, that was pretty rocking. What what else were some of the highlights of the fest for you? I really loved how much people loved, you know, ASMR, Xenomorph Attack. That was a film that when I saw it, I, I wasn't sure if anyone else was going to like it. And so it was really fun for me to watch all the chatter happen around that. People had some very strong opinions about a lot of things in that film. And I, and I think, unlike watching it on the internet, if you clicked on it on Vimeo or whatever... You had no idea what to expect. There was there was really not a lot to indicate where this thing was going. So it was it was really fun to real time watch people watch this thing go sideways and go what? Yeah, it's a, and that's you know it's no secret that in this festival one of the things that you and I love is a good twist. Like that's that's something that you can count on us always seeking out. Because we love a, a film that will zig when you think it's going to zag. You think it's going to be funny and it's scary as fuck or whatever. And uh, that that is a perfect example of that, which I think uh, I think plays out in its popularity because ASMR Xenomorph Attack is actually our Viewer's Choice Award winner for Best Live Action Short. So congratulations to Luke Palmer and Rhino Stew for that award. 
you know, speaking of scary, man. Yeah. A noise it carries. Were you scared the second time? Did you did you horripilate? I legitimately like Ah <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, the third time got me. God, that movie is scary, folks. If you want some chills, look for a film called A Noise That Carries. That that makes our Bone Bat Scary Hall of Fame up there with Hungry Hickory, up there with Bedfellows. What are some of the, the other most scary films that we've screened? Yeah, that's that was one that is just so creepy. Yeah. Yeah, it is, it's like Hungry Hickory where you just get very, very unsettled by it. And I knew it was coming because I've already seen it. And to be honest with you, I've kind of avoided watching that film again. (laughs) Like when I was mixing it down and uploading it to Eventive and all that stuff, I did not watch that fucking thing because it (laughs) terrifies me. And this was the first time I had seen it since I screened it getting ready for the festival was sitting on my couch with Julie and Allie watching that together. And it got all of us at the same time. And I knew it was coming, and it still got me again. So, <laughs> wonderful film, man. Guillermo did a spectacular job. And, uh, yeah, look for A Noise It Carries. That is a really great film. It was also, like, top five in voting for the uh, comedy of horrors. Yeah, it's it, that, that one is kind of a shame that I, we didn't get to see it in a theater because oh, I would man. have really loved the scream that would have yeah, happened. people would have been howling. That would have been so much fun. What about you, Steve? What are your highlights? What did you dig about that? You know, I think that the fact that everything worked at the end of the day. It took, oh, God, it yeah. It took a lot of work to get there. You know and I mean, behind the scenes, I was flipping out a couple of days before because we were unable to get a clean test on the blocks and, and just, you know, making sure that it was going to actually all play for the audience. And then it did. That was a huge relief. Even when, when like you, there was a certain screen you could go to, and it would show you that the block was uploaded in all green. And when I saw that, I finally knew. I was like, okay, okay, we're good. And I, it wasn't until Sunday, when we started the fourth block, it was actually playing that I felt like I could relax because I just didn't know what was going to go sideways. And fortunately, all that preparation paid off. But yeah, yeah, learning, but oh my god, learning entirely new platform entirely new software entirely new way of doing a film festival on the fly was uh, definitely a challenge and uh, uh, I wouldn't want you to pull it off man I wouldn't want to do that every year the other thing was the the contributions from our filmmakers uh, Zoran Gavoyich who has always pulled together fun stuff for us oh yeah for him to do once again a brand new welcome video for us that was hilarious in this post-COVID Zoom call milieu that we find ourselves in. Post-COVID? We're in COVID. Yeah, I mean, it just, that was wonderful. And then he follows it up with a film he shot since being on quarantine. An idea that evidently he's had for years, but, uh, you know, to be able to, to serve up the Invasion of the Body Snatchers, the Scream outtakes. Now, you hadn't seen that before. So the first no, time that was my first it, time. I got to like see it live. live. Yeah. What did you think oh, of that? Yeah, that was hilarious. Oh, that was so much fun just getting to watch that. Well, I didn't even get to see the, the opening, either one of his movies, until that night. <laughs> I, I purposefully waited. It's like wait until Christmas to open your 
Christmas presents. So we had that. Uh, and then we had also The Cultist Next Door, which uh, I, a film that I just loved at the HP Lovecraft Film Festival and had to show it here. So I, I got in touch with them. And he was so cool about this. He so liked what we were putting together and what we were doing that he shot a brand new trailer for the film as a quote-unquote DVD extra of the filmmaker trying to piece together what happened from this educational film from the 60s. You know, he'll use it for other things, I'm certain, but he, he made it because of our festival, and it was such an honor to be able to screen that when we were doing trailers of the day. That was so much fun. I just thought that was really neat. And then, you know, something like Gorgar, which came up after we had finished everything, but it was timely, and it was about voting, and to have a chance to screen that each night as sort of a PSA, that was really cool, too. Yeah, that was great. That, that was almost like it was made for us, you know, or at least made for the era. Yeah. So it was not made for us. Things like that. Also, it was fun to do stuff like pull together a a intermission reel. I've never had the opportunity to really do that before. You know, kind of a little post-roll and a little pre-roll. Yeah, uh, you got to do all your fun little uh, tunes in there. That was cool. Uh, also, the Pine Box Boys, they're just really tremendous work. Oh, yeah, I'm glad you uh, said something. because musical they... sets because their contribution was wonderful. And, and I have to say, it wasn't until I was watching that segment on the first night on Saturday that I, I just thought to myself, wow, now this really feels like a Bone Bat Film Festival. Because they had yeah. jokes and it had music and it was spooky. And then, to top it off, Lester comes through with a theme song that Our is own theme totally song. great for the comedy of horrors. That was fucking great, too. So, like, like just these wonderful contributions from people that we love and respect, that was super neat. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool to have a our own personal theme song now, written by uh, written by Lester, performed by the Pine Box Boys, too. That's, yeah, that's pretty so, kick-ass. Yes, we will uh, play that a little later in the show for you all, if you haven't heard it before, but uh, pretty damn cool. All right, man. Well, uh, that's it for the 10th Bombat Comedy of Horrors Film Festival. What are you going to do with yourself now? I have no idea. Maybe I'll try to work and make money. I don't know. <laughs> it's funny. Because with you, within a month, you're going to email Mark my words. This always happens. You're going to email me a link to a short. Yeah. So? <laughs> it's like, I was driving by shorts that weren't on the way home. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you can't help it, man. There are too many good shorts out in the world. That's what I do. And they, they need to be watched. All right. Well, uh, why don't we listen to a tune? All right, let's do it. Speaking of Pine Box Boys, this is one of my favorite numbers from their newer selections. This is called Walk Through Walls. I hope you dig it.
this is Enzio van Heeren, writer-director of OI, and this is The Bone Bad Show. I'm sorry I didn't believe you. Can I ask you something? What? Shut away! Okay, tape's rolling. Anytime you want. <laughs> Do we both say it? Say it together. Huh? I say inviting you to. All right. Yeah. Anytime, tape's rolling. Hi, this is Michael Jackson. I'm Rick James, bitch. Rick motherfucking James. I'm DJ Cumberbund, baby. Yeah. And this is Vincent Price. Inviting you to. The Thriller.
We are back, and once again, joining us on the show is writer-director Luke Palmer of Rider Stew, who's the creator of ASMR Xenomorph Attack, which we featured at this year's Bone Bat Film Festival. Luke, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining us and for sharing your amazing work with us. So the, the reason we've called you here is because uh, you have been awarded by our audience the Viewer's Choice Award for Best Live Action Short. So congratulations, sir. Well, I am deeply honored, and thank you so much to everybody who voted. We're, we're deeply honored, and it's cool. There aren't that many film festivals that are willing to handle an ASMR film, but I'm very glad that you, you've taken the, the progressive approach and understanding that tingles come in all sorts of shapes and sizes and some are scarier than others and, and some are more in, in infestation related <laughs> <laughs> well other film festivals are screwing up because everybody it seems had a very strong opinion about asmr except for the people who had a very strong opinion about wondering what in the hell everyone else was talking about so <laughs> That was that was just a lot of fun. The the chatter amped up appreciably once your film started playing. Uh, the chat was was a thing to behold. People people were into Thank it. Thank you. Sorry. That's the weird thing with this. It's an experimental film, and there's no way it's something like this. You know, even though we did win something, like what on earth did this project accomplish other than just making the most obscenely <laughs> high production value? <laughs> ASMR film today, but we we had a blast making it, and in a weird way, it was just one of those, can we do this? I think we can, 
let's just go for it. And I'm I'm really happy with how it came out, and I'm really happy that you guys had a good time watching it. Well, what's good oh, yeah. about it too is if you aren't familiar with ASMR at all, like many of our audience members weren't. You do a great job of explaining what it is essentially through Miranda's early work in the short, which is great. You sort of lay it all yeah. out on Front Street. Okay, you may not know this. Here's what it is. We've got Whisper Billy standing over there in the wings, and all of a sudden it's going to take a hard right turn into alien madness, which was great. Um, it, it's weird. This was, so this is a follow-up to a film we did called ASMR Bank Robbery. Yes, and which is also great. Some, Thank you. Um, for some reason, like, to me, I'm really proud of these writing and rhythmic-wise because it's all sort of rhythm-based comedy rather than, like, punchline joke, punchline joke. To me, the weirdest thing is that these are my favorite character names of any project I've ever done. Um, <laughs> you had Nevada, Mr. Horse, and Whisper Billy, which, <laughs> th- those are just perfect code names right there. That- that's the thing I'm the most proud of with all of these. Well, and what makes it all work is Jill Galbraith as ASMR Miranda. She is wonderful in both of these shorts. Jill and I have become, like, greatest of homies. We actually went to Japan together. Really? Oh, wow. Um, after, yeah, I just went to Jill, and I was like, hey, Jill, I want to go to, because she's fluent in Japanese. She, she was an exchange student, so I just talked to her. I'm like, hey, Jill, do you want to go to Japan again? And she's like, yes. Yeah. So we planned a three-week trip to Japan because I'm like, my mission in life is to, you know, I was like, I should go to Japan before I turn 30. And thank God I did um, because then all of this nonsense happened and it would have been a lot more difficult. Yeah, you wouldn't have seen Um, 31. (laughs) Yeah, we had fun. We went to to Fuji Q Highland. We went to Evangelion World and we rode all of the roller coasters there. It was the best freaking trip, man. (laughs) What you might not expect is that she, in in person, she acts and talks like she's a 1920s movie producer the entire time. Um, (laughs) And she and I just, yeah, she's like, hey, Luke, what do you do? Well, that's the plan. So she's very enthusiastic. and, And it's interesting because as an actress, she normally plays, it's interesting, she works as a comedian where she does very, like, broad skit type stuff. But as an actress, she often gets hired, because she just has a perfect face for it. She gets hired to do, like, more solemn, stern roles. Mm-hmm. And these were always, I think, just a perfect combination of the two. You know, Jill is this character. She just does it so perfectly that, like, it was worth doing it a second time just to work with Jill again and just do all of this. One of the comments was, never trust a person if you can see the whites over the tops of their eyes. And she... I don't think her eyes, like, ever got down to normal uh, opening the entire time. She was completely in that character. I've had people ask me, like, is she, does she do that for real? <laughs> I mean, she technically does do it for real. Like, there's nothing about this, even though it's a video, that, like, wasn't... Well, yeah, I'm, I'm, weird, when it come, I'm weird when it comes to the audio mixing. I, I don't know what it is with YouTube compression. But for some reason, the, this might just sound weird to say, but the tingles didn't come out quite as right with this one as they did with the first one. Mm. Um, but also, I'm just proud of all the other aspects that we executed on this one. Yeah, one of the comments in the chat was uh, when Whisper Billy came on, someone said, jokingly, like, oh, man, I've got to see Whisper Billy's channel. And I was able to, like, quickly post a link to Whisper Billy's YouTube <laughs> channel. 
Oh, yeah. And it was like, no fucking way. If we went through all of this effort to do something this stupid, like, you kind of have to commit the full nine yards. Yeah, sure. Of course. Yeah, I... And, and those are all just improvised. We just let the camera roll. Connor, who Connor is just so much fun to work with. He's such a good boy. And there, to me, it was, I don't know why, but like, I, I knew he had the part where the second that he just goes, the second for some reason again, these are like very physical comedy bits. And the second that I saw, like, just saw him like leaning over his shoulder enthusiastically, I'm like, oh yeah, we've got him. We've got, <laughs> we've got this character. And that was the other weird thing with this one was. It took a long time to figure out because I was trying to think like, okay, how do we, there has to be an escalation. There has to be a story to the whole thing. So, you know, there was kind of like in the first one, the, the gag in the first movie I that like got started was her whispering, and that's when, and then we sort of constructed it around that. And with this one, it was the, the ending gag in that one, but I couldn't quite figure out, like, like okay, does she go in the backyard, and then there's a, a wreck? Like, how did, how can this work in the context of an ASMR video? And for some reason, I, it wasn't until I met Kyle, I was just like, oh, she has a roommate. Oh, it's an unboxing video. <laughs> um, and and that, that, to me, is the hardest part, is that this all has a workable context within the, within the short. Yeah, and then it comes full circle at the end, which I won't spoil because all of our viewers who haven't seen it yet can go see it right now on YouTube. But uh, the ending is priceless because it it perfectly crosses both ASMR and the world of Alien in this spectacularly wonderful way. The one thing that I do regret is that we didn't play up the acid blood properly, and there that was the one moment that we should have done. But at the same time, I'm just like, we did enough. Yeah, I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> yeah, you kind of did. We got the flamethrower. You know, we've, we've got everything you need. It's all right there. Yeah, the, the tracker. To me, the yeah. ending bit, like, you know, Mel Brooks did, like, the quintessential perfect alien gag, but I was always just a fan of, of like, really elaborate parodies. And to me, that last moment is just like, oh, that's the perfect, like, <laughs> classic kind of send-off right there. Um, and it's great because there's so many pre-made alien assets. The, the VFX team, though, like, they agreed to work on this for, like, a quarter of the rate that they were supposed to because they were just like, listen, you know, our dream is to work on an alien movie. This is probably the closest we're going to get. Let's do this. Oh, nice. And That's awesome. They were the great. They're Russians, dude. Russians kick so much ass. Yeah, I had a friend and that actually a, thought that you put an alien on the ceiling. Like, they, they thought you had a model that, 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 like, how do they make it go across the ceiling? I'm like, well, it's, computers are used. <laughs> I love that shot. That, to me, like, was, uh, that, that was also the weird part is, like, because I've never done anything this CGI advanced before. Like, like, it's very hard for the comedy of this to make sure that the, the timing plays out perfectly. And I, I think that that was the part that I'm really proud of is like, oh yeah, we coordinated um, moving this giant uh, monstrosity and it has the right build and the right thing. And I also love um, in, in sound design, how we, he added, once it goes off screen, um, he added all the noise and clangy things and it just sold it that much more. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. People laugh out loud at that part. People also don't realize 
you know, not to reveal too much, there there's actually three different sets. Um, that stairwell's not in the original house, and oh, really? we okay. just did that by yeah, we we just did that by if you look closely, there's a very obvious pan, but you know, if you just if you do it sneakily, people aren't paying attention. <laughs> That's because we live in we live in Los Angeles. You're not going to find a basement in Los Angeles. Yeah, and all of that. But yeah, you know, working on this, this was just a who. I'm I'm glad that we all got to do this. Oh yeah, it's just fantastic. And again, thank you so much for sharing it with us. Our audience loved it. And, uh, th- uh, yeah, clear, clearly uh, that was that was pretty cool that we had a chance to share it with a larger audience. Looking back, I think that my favorite part was on set because um, again it's a cool it's a mix of practical effects and, and cgi but i think just throwing the face hugger on jill that was the most fun that we had because it just looked so perfect <laughs> it um, really like did. that last one that clamps that one that clamps right on her face and it, it ended up looking directly like it came out of alien so you know that was just a lot of fun fantastic so what do you think man do you think you'll make uh, an asmr miranda trilogy there's ideas and there's talking about it. Um, we had plans, and then COVID scrapped those plans. Stupid COVID. Blood feud with another YouTuber. Um, <laughs> and it was going to be this like, multi-step interactive thing, and it was going to be crazy. But, you know, right now, there's ideas floating around. Um, I don't want to jinx it, though. It's, it's weird because it, it, if there is going to be a third chapter, it's going to be the third and final one. Sure, um, yeah. But... Yeah, right now things are just kind of on on a back burner, on a low simmer. So okay. I wouldn't say don't get hopes up ready for any anything anytime soon. I don't have any hopes for anything anymore. <laughs> I really don't either. Do you know? Do you guys realize? I didn't realize this. I was waiting for the new mutants movie to come out for years, and it just like came out. Like didn't, nobody even realized that it didn't. Yeah, <laughs> There's didn't. so much stuff like that that's like, oh, that's out. What? Yeah. Wow, yeah, I didn't know that that came out. And the other thing was, like, there was supposed to be a quiet place, too. And I just realized, I was like, hey, whatever happened with that? And I looked it up. Now it's saying 2021. So I don't know what anything is coming out anymore. I'm bummed when it comes to sequel titles. I wish Frozen 2 was called (laughs) Refrozen. I wish A Quiet Place 2 was just called Another Quiet Place. (laughs) A quieter place? That makes a lot of sense. I'd be like, that big problem with the quiet place you need to tell me that like nobody ever farted like nobody ever ever burped or sneezed that entire time um, no the the survivors that, that was, are the the people that are not gaseous it's just one of those things you know yeah. natural selection I mean, yeah, you see they, that it, that's sense. the thing if, if we had directed the film that would have been like a stinger at the end of the whole thing, is somebody farting and getting killed. Oh, that'd be perfect, especially if it was, a, <laughs> especially if it was a squeaker, you know, like like not even a loud one. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, like, you know, like a, like I, I would have taken. Is that a door opening one? Yeah, <laughs> I totally would have taken the time to actually shoot that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, well, congrats again. Oh, movie act. Sorry, actually, um, yeah, did we got Happy Death Day. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's a fun one. That was a fun one. And that also just like it's very rare that you find horror movies that like will just completely deflate any tension at the end. You know, <laughs> right? 
like, oh, we gotta gotta keep this thing up for the sequel, all of that. Yeah, well, that's um, why we love horror yeah. comedy, man, because that's that's what it's about. It's getting tense and then diffusing it with a laugh, right there. That's what we do. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> have you guys seen just um, just because I haven't talked to anybody in February? Have you guys seen one cut of the dead? Yes, it's fantastic. That's still on my queue. I still have to watch that. That movie is the perfect movie for people who've ever made a movie like yes, that. Yes. It should make you angry that like, oh, why didn't I think about this? But like, it's one of those rare movies where it's like, oh, all of these pieces shouldn't fit together, but they do perfectly. Yes. Um, and it does a great job of, of kind of playing with your expectations because you, you watch it. And it's, you, you know, people have turned it off after the first 20 minutes, not realizing that they're just getting there. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I I used to do this all the time as a kid. I used to read comics from, like, volume 26. And I think that it's actually healthier to start things off with absolutely no idea what's going on. Um, <laughs> because char- character introductions are always kind of the weakest parts of stories. Mm-hmm. So just sort of, like, jumping into it or trying to figure out what's happening. And not even like how you're supposed to. I like doing it on hard mode where the director, where, where all the parts of the director was supposed to, that the director worked really, really hard on to make you comfortable with the characters, just go out the window. Um, <laughs> you know, doing, doing things the wrong way. Yeah, sure. All right, man. Well, thank you so much for your time and again for sharing your amazing work with us. And congratulations on the uh, award. Uh, one last question. We always ask all of our guests here on the Bone Bat Show. Luke, what pisses you off, man? Fixing it in pose. <laughs> <laughs> so you Thank like you. it all to be on the script. No ad-libbing, no, nothing um, that you've got to repair after the fact. You want to plan up front. I, I don't even want to plan up front. I just don't. I you know, you, you can plan up front and still realize that it didn't work. Like, everything can go completely according to plan, and and still it's going to actually take more things. Now, I will say it's amazing what you can do, but there, there's nothing weirder than, like, trying something 40 different times and then just kind of abandoning it completely. <laughs> All for the sake of something not being noticed. Right. That's the worst part. It's not like, oh... Look how good this is. Ninety percent of work is to get people to not look at something. <laughs> That's a good filmmaking point. is like the most filmmaking is uh, is unfilmmaking. It's anti filmmaking. You're just trying to get people to not get distracted and not look at uh, look at the actors. Don't look at anything else. <laughs> right. <laughs> don't look at that boom that just dropped into shot. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Well, thank you again for joining us on the show. I really appreciate it, and congrats on the award. Thank you so much, and happy Halloween. All right, we are back, and in the interim there, the mashup, Thrill It To Me Baby, Michael Jackson versus Rick James from DJ Cummerbund off the previously mentioned Attack of the Killer Monster mashups. And then we followed that with Luke Palmer, director of ASMR, Xenomorph Attack, winner of our Viewer's Choice Award for Best Live Action Short this year. 
Congrats again to Luke, and thanks for joining us on the show. So uh, how about some beer and candy first? All right, how about some beer and candy? So uh, I've got Hitchler Volus Roar. It's pronounced Hitler. No. Oh. 100% veggie because it's healthy. So this is veggie sour fruit snacks. You know who else was a vegetarian? Hitler. <laughs> were, were you not expecting that call back that quickly? I kind of was. <laughs> wow. That's really bizarre. What does it taste like? It tastes like sour fruit gummy with cream in the middle. Hmm. That's not cream. Well, that's not yogurt. That's not, we eat breakfast there. Your own knees, Father. What um, I have, speaking of forbidden fruit, <laughs> I have. I think this is the one candy which I, as a father, explicitly banned from <laughs> the inside of my house. <laughs> because anytime my kids would get a hold of this candy, they loved it, but it made a mess, and I would find it for, for weeks afterwards. I'm speaking, of course, of nerds. Great nerds. It's oh. it's tiny bits of gravel that they've yeah, it's coated aqua- in. It's aquarium gravel, right? Yeah, it's exactly what it is. It's like all the fun of aquarium gravel without all the uh, fish shit. I was trying to figure out, you're like, I banned this candy for making a mess. And I was just thinking, like, because it was some candy that would make them shit themselves blind? <laughs> yes. Yeah, you'd, you'd eat a little bit and then just shit for days. <laughs> Oh, yeah. You open it up, and it smells like grape hubba bubba. And You're making me sick of my own stuff. Yeah. No, and you know what? It tastes like grape hubba bubba. It's just, I think it's the artificial flavor that causes cancer and uh, that they put in, in old school soft bubble gums distilled down into a gravel that you can just eat. Mm. I'm, I'm going to make a mess. Right. So, in addition to my veggie fruit snacks. Can you actually shit yourself blind? I think you could. You just keep shitting until you can't see anymore. Oh, it's not a question of aim. Okay. (laughs) No. It's a question of output, I think. (laughs) All right. Your your eyes eyes. just sink back into your head and then out of your fingers. Wow. That's what happens. Okay. They kind of get sucked. Whoop. Right out the old. (laughs) (laughs) The old dog knot. (laughs) The dog blossom. (laughs) All right, so I'm drinking from Urban Family Brewing Company, Conjurer, which is a blueberry sour, a sour ale with blueberry and acai, which is all the rage these days. What in the world is acai? Have you ever had an acai bowl? It's like a purple bowl of sweet-tasting, yogurt-y kind of fruit sludge. Are you making this up? No, it sounds like something you say when you fall off something I'm very high. I'm making it up. Aye. I'm making it. I'm making this up. No more than you were making it up when you told me about ASMR. It's just a new huh. thing you haven't heard of yet. Okay, uh, doesn't sound pretty good. Yeah. So anyway, it's a it's a decent sour. You know, there are some sour beers that you taste and it's like too much, and it's 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 got a good balance to it. It maybe is not great with Hitchler Volus Roar, 100% veggie fruit snacks, sour fruit snacks, but uh, 
you know, your mileage may vary. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I gotta go grind some of these grape nerds into the white carpet. I'll be right back. My name is Steve, and before I shit myself <laughs> blind, I like to have a bottle of Conjurer Blueberry Acai Sour Ale and some of these Hitchler Volus Roar fruit snacks. It sounds like you're having a stroke. <laughs> I might be. You might be. Do you smell grape hubba bubba? Uh, I'm drinking a Gus, or is it Goose? G-U-S, but there's bubbles over the U. Yeah, that's a Goose. Goose? I'm having a Goose. It says less sugar, not too sweet. No fun, old bastard. That's what <laughs> it says. It says. That right on the bottle? Right on there. There's a picture of me. Damn. You know what? It's not that sweet. It's all right. It's like, you know, diluted. You, you had a ginger ale, and, and there was ice in it and then you almost finished it and the ice all melted and you came back later and drank it it's that getting old sucks and i hate everything (laughs) fuck this beer that's not even beer fuck this drink all right so a multimedia triage (laughs) (laughs) all right yeah what do old people play nothing fun oh my god steve i don't know you know this We talk and talk and talk about how great all the stuff was at the film festival. And I haven't really watched all that much that was that was great. I'll tell you what is great, though. If you play Xbox, Rocket League is now on the Xbox. It's free. You can jump in and play. And it doesn't matter what your level of skill is. You'll still be better than me because I suck at this. But, you know, it's soccer with cars. Come on. And you can, if you can't make a goal, you just crash into people and blow them up and make them mad. I feel uh, like you would just be driving around wrecking people. Maybe. <laughs> I, I actually made a goal the other night. I felt oh, really shit. good about myself. And, but but you know what? I watched, I try to watch some new stuff. I've watched some disappointing stuff. I watched uh, Blumhouse or Bloomhouse. I'm not really sure which. Blumhouse, Black Box. It's a movie that I suppose would be good if you've never seen a movie before. But <laughs> uh, the, the setup is a guy is having uh, memory issues and, and some mental issues because he was in this terrible car accident. He was brain dead. Somehow he came back, but he's, he's just trying to get through the day and he keeps having this hallucination of this, this thing, this person behind him, like kind of in his memories and and he, he goes in for an experimental treatment to get better. And I figured out the whole freaking thing. Like, and then I looked at the clock. I'm like, oh, my God, there's still an hour left. <laughs> and so I spent the next hour going, uh-huh. Yep. 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 Nailed it. Yep. Uh-huh. Figure that out. Yep. I should be playing Rocket League right now. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. So don't don't watch that. I don't know. There's a bunch of this Blumhouse, Blumhouse stuff all of a sudden. I don't even know what it is, but maybe give that one a miss. Uh, and then I don't know what in the Jesus Christ shit I watched. It was something called Midnight Gospel, which keeps getting suggested to me by the algorithm that runs my life. And I finally went, all right, I've got a pile of laundry to fold. It's like midnight and I want to watch something that I don't have to think. It's only 20 minutes long. I'll watch an episode of this animated thing, Midnight Gospel. Have you watched any of this steve do you know what i'm talking about i've never heard of midnight gospel okay you gotta look it up i don't understand what it was i watched but as near as i can determine 
Duncan Trussell, who used to be on a sh- podcast on a show with Joe Rogan. He explores he, his his character, his animated character, this guy in a big hat. He explores virtual worlds via an old obsolete universe simulator, and he travels to this version of Earth where there is a zombie apocalypse happening. He lands on top of the president, who's Dr. Drew, the guy in, you know, real life, doctor to the stars or whatever. He plays the president in this, and the whole time they have this crazy, crazy adventure with zombies and guns and explosions and the White House getting eaten by a giant zombie and the army, and there's just all this shit going on. But... While that's all happening visually, they're having a very, very sedate conversation about drugs and psychedelic experiences. And it's pretty much just them having a deep conversation about this thing while on the screen they're fighting zombies. And that's just episode one. I checked. I was not on psychedelics when I watched it. I'm going to watch another episode. I guess the Dr. Drew episode is just... Like, each episode has some guest star. Weird-ass Midnight Gospel. I don't know if it was brilliant or if it was stupid. I'm still trying to figure that out. Stupidly brilliant? Possibly brilliantly stupid. I see. I don't know. What about you? Have you been watching anything that isn't very, very confusing or just kind of shitty? You know, uh, after the film festival, I kind of treated myself to a couple of things. So, uh, first, I picked up a... Venereal disease? It's burped in like colors. <laughs> <laughs> I picked up an Oculus Quest 2, Gord. Wow. I haven't even watched the first one yet. I know. So, I, you know, I really enjoyed when we would go to PAX and uh, some of the VR experiments and games that we demoed. And I, I had been putting it off. I hadn't picked up a vr system yet this whole time oh, you know the the best part of those things is is putting on a headset that five thousand people have worn before you and then trying not to get sick but now i get to put on a sweaty headset that was only worn by my own filthy children oh so that's great. a step up yeah sure children are so clean <laughs> anyway so uh yeah picked up an oculus quest 2 it's fucking great it's totally fun uh, the games that I picked up to start with, uh, one that you just suggested, Super Hot VR, is so oh, much cool. fun. I don't even know how you play it with a controller, like distanced, like from the action, when you're used to standing there punching glass mannequins and stabbing them with your own arms and hands. That sounds that like work. It's freaking amazing. It is work. I was like hot. It's like you literally burn calories playing this game. I don't want to do that. Kind of awesome. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, there's that opening thing where you like punch the first mannequin, his gun flies in the air, you catch it out of midair, and like John Woo, then you double shot two other mannequins and they shatter. It's so badass. Like you just feel like... You consider them mannequins. I consider them dudes. (laughs) Yeah. Dudes don't look like that. Anyway. Guns don't look like that. Anyway, yeah, Super Hot's so, a totally fun game. Yeah, that's that. a great game. It's probably up, amazing. Uh, my daughter wanted to get uh, Beat Saber, which is pretty fun. I haven't played that a ton yet. And then uh, Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes, great party game. So basically one of you is 
handling a bomb in VR, a bomb briefcase, and each briefcase has modules on it that you have to disarm, uh, sometimes up to six, seven, eight modules. And uh, the other members of your party are reading out of a paper manual to tell you what you need to do to disarm the bomb. And so, like, certain color wires, if it's this configuration, you got to snip the one red one on the bottom. If it's this kind of thing, you have to tell them symbols and explain to them what you're seeing, and they tell you what order to push them in. It's totally fun and totally tense as you get down to mere seconds trying to solve the puzzle, and it uh, is a lot of fun. That's a great game, too. So, totally enjoying it, and I'm sure I'll have the opportunity to review more of VR games in the future. Right on. The second thing I treated myself to was the brand new Scream Factory Friday the 13th collection. So I think it's 12, 16 movies on 12 discs, something like that. It's like essentially just about every single Friday the 13th film in brand new Blu-ray form. I didn't have any of them previously. I had seen a number of them, but I hadn't seen them completely. And so working through them chronologically for the Halloween season has been kind of fun. I've been enjoying that. Nice. We are up to the uh, fourth film. We just finished uh, the final chapter, which was a lie. There's a lot more chapters than that. And, uh, yeah, we've don't got believe more it. to watch. Uh, additionally, last night, uh, I recently picked up the Criterion edition of Dark Water. Have you seen that film? Is that the one where the, the guy and the gal goes go out of the boat and then no, get left? There's not a oh, single good. boat. Because I was going to say that wasn't that great. So this this film came out uh, around after. It's Hideo Nakata is the guy who did The Ring as well in Spiral. Okay. So it was when the J horror boom was happening. You know, I think it was like his third film in that sort of genre. It's a ghost story about a uh, divorced mom who is trying to keep it together and move her daughter to a new apartment building where they're going to live alone. And uh, she's trying to make life work. She has a new job. She's having trouble getting to her daughter's school on time to pick her up because of her new job and things are very stressful. And the apartment upstairs may or may not be haunted and dripping water into her unit. Damn it. And I hate it when I get water dripped into my unit. Very atmospheric, kind of a slow burn, just suspenseful and unnerving. And uh, it has a a pretty good ending, even though you can kind of predict where it's going because you're the kind of guy who's seen a number of ghost stories in your life. But well done nevertheless, and uh, I really enjoyed watching that. And something of a completely different flavor than, you know, the last four Friday the 13th films that I had just watched back to back to back to back. (laughs) Yeah, I Check out Dark Water. The uh, Criterion version is really nice looking. And finally... It's been going on for five weeks now. Go. Season four of Fargo is fucking amazing. <sighs> it is probably the best thing on television right now. If yeah, you're not and you watching know what? It, go watch it. And if you haven't watched any Fargo, go back and watch the other three seasons. It's all fantastic TV. Yeah, and every season... Fargo comes on. I try to get my lovely wife to watch it with me because it's so good. And I know she's going to dig it. This season, success. I got her to start watching it with me. And all of a sudden, she had a whole bunch of real life stuff happen where she's been out of the house. And I can't watch it because I got to wait for her to come back and watch it with me. And I'm like three episodes back. It's killing me. 
Uh, yeah, it's so good. Chris Rock is in this season as a crime lord in Kansas City, and he is so good. I've never seen him in a role before that is, like, deadly serious, and he's a hard man that is kind of terrifying in a lot of situations. Really great acting in this one. It's always good, and this is no exception. So you got to be watching Fargo. Don't miss it. It's the best. Okay. Damn it. Question for you, though. Yeah. Why is it anytime on Fargo, somebody starts a monologue, one of my kids come into the room and start talking to me? <laughs> I love my children. I really do. But God damn it, if I can't finish a Fargo monologue, I think I'm going to go insane. <laughs> I've had that kind of thing happen, and like maybe on the by the by the second monologue, what I do is I just pause the TV, I look at them, I let them finish talking, and then I let this uncomfortable silence play out. And <laughs> you just dead eye stare them, yeah, <laughs> until they leave the room. Until until and then the the, the bad say something like, uh, "Is everything like I'm watching Fargo." <laughs> And let that play. And then, you know, eventually they learn. Stay the hell out of the room. Dad's watching Fargo. Doesn't matter if there's a, a serial killer on the front porch, if something's on fire. I don't care. I need to watch. Leave me alone. Right. But it's never during just like one of the scenes where they're fast talking banter back and forth. It's always during a monologue. <laughs> <laughs> where this guy is telling a story of how he used to kill people in Italy for like four minutes. And yeah. Yeah, no, I I have had that sort of thing happen. Yeah, I know exactly <laughs> the level of frustration. It's just like, God damn it! I was really in the moment here. <laughs> All drama gone. Yeah, the other thing is, I'll, I'll pointedly rewind it to the beginning of the scene, pause it, and then look at them. Like, no, no, and that's hard to Go do. On. Rewinding it to an exact point where you're staring them dead in the eyes. You're not even looking at the TV. <laughs> Right. That, it's difficult to nail that. To that practice, though. Yeah, right, right at the start of that segment. Yeah, yeah. I had a similar thing where I was listening to a episode of Song Exploder, where they take a song, they break it down, have the guys that made the song explain how it all comes together, and at the very end of the episode, they play the song. And so you listen to it with all this knowledge and the story and stuff like, and then you could really experience it. And I swear to God, I had this thing happen where like twice I get up to, and the song starts playing and then someone's got to talk to me. God damn. But go. <laughs> they finish. I hit play for like 36 seconds goes by. Same exact fucking thing. I think I finally just deleted the episode. It was, it was like <laughs> dead to me. It was like no good. Like you've, you've ruined this thing. It's ruined. Uh, People. Yeah. And that's what pisses me off. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, let's listen to a tune. All right. How about something completely different? Let's do a mashup from Monster Mashups, the brand new edition. All righty. What is this? Ghost Town. The ghost Town fighting with the gang ghost board ghosts. Fuck, I wasn't ready for this. That sounds like a thing. Let's listen. <laughs>
This is Audience Choice Award winner Luke Palmer, and you are listening to the Bone Bat Podcast. All right, we are back, and joining us now on the show, we are thrilled to have Jason Cook, who is the director, and Kelly Parker, who is the producer of a amazing short that we just screened, Fucking Ghosts. Guys, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Yes. So the reason that we've called you here, actually, is that each year Gordon and I look for a film that best represents to us the essence of horror comedy that just goes the 100%. essence of the, of the bone bat show really right. the essence goes, of Stephen Gord and this thing we do goes <laughs> just all out to deliver something that is unique and fun for the audience and fucking ghosts is exactly that so we are awarding you this year the bone bat jumbo bonus jury award which in addition to a statue will also get you $100 how cool is that 
That's amazing. We love that. That's awesome. Thank you, guys. Congratulations, and thank you so much for your short. Thank you. That that short made me laugh a lot every time I watched it. Oh, that's great. Thank you, guys. Um, Use that money to buy some sheets. Beautiful. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. you'll probably, or dry cleaning. I'm not sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we were curious, like, over the course of the shoot, how did you keep your ghosts from getting, you know, crunchy? Because Um, (laughs) that's a very good question. I've talked to our uh, our wardrobe, our head of wardrobe, Maggie Ramos. She was was amazing. She made all of our costumes and stuff. Um, Yeah, no, that was, (laughs) was pretty wild. So tell us how fucking ghosts came together. (laughs) Um, Jason, tell us. Yeah, yeah, Jason. Why'd you you do this? (laughs) You know, I just have weird ideas sometimes. (laughs) And it's funny because I actually wrote this. Originally, I wrote it as a a short film about this couple. They were sending in an audition tape to get on Ghost Hunters. Mm -hmm. and, And it was all about their experience seen through security cameras and it was all about like these like them capturing like these ghosts having sex next to them while they're sleeping and in the, in the baby's room and in the, you know all this stuff and it was it was really funny but it was just sort of like it became kind of monotonous and i was really trying to crack like how to make this thing really work and um i talked to one of my my good friends um i'm gonna plug him right now because he needs to hear his name on this podcast um, his name is Jesse Golden, and it was his idea, it was his thought to actually rethink this as a film trailer. Mm-hmm. Once it did that, it was just everything just gelled, and it was just because rather than like try to make sense of why there's ghosts having sex and like all of this stuff, it was just about like funny beats and peppering in jokes, and you know, and, and not not really getting caught up with like linear narrative you know, pitfalls and things. It was just about, it was about just making it out as outrageous as possible. And right. I think we achieved that. Yeah. yeah no. Fantastic. Like not letting the plot get in the way of the jokes is <laughs> yeah. a really great way to go. What's great about it though, is that because you've got Colin Ferguson from Eureka and Natalie Lynch in it, like you, you've got actors that we've seen before. So you immediately yeah. buy, okay, this is, this is going to be a serious thing. This is going to be a real thing. And then all yeah. of a sudden it goes instantly sideways, which is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was our whole goal is like to really like set it up. It's like this is a real thing. And then and then everything just goes off the rails. And, <laughs> and funny, so, so I, I'm a, a commercial director and I've shot a couple um, campaigns with Colin for Maytag. Um, and, oh, you know, right. He, that's right. He used to do those ads as the Maytag repairman. Yeah, that's he, right. Yeah, he's the Maytag man, as far as I know, it's still. And so one time we were on set and I'm just like talking shit with him and been in between a setup and it was just like hey you ever want to work on something and he's like yeah he's like yeah i totally would love to and he lives in la so i mean he's honestly the linchpin to like how this all came together i mean this is how i got kelly involved because i'm sure kelly would not have (laughs) 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 without without a colin ferguson i'm just kidding um that's uh, a weird ask isn't it yeah yeah But it, it really was, it really was like the, he was the glue that sort of helped get the production together. And it was, once I got him involved, it was like, oh, okay, cool. This is a serious thing. And it's not just me shooting a ghost porn. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it legitimized it, if you will. Yes. It was <laughs> not just a fukake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, uh, exactly. So um, that's how everything came together. And once once Kelly got involved, she really helped put the production together, which was uh, she was she was awesome to work with. Well, the, the other great uh, actor that is in it is Ben Morrison, who may be the MVP of this year's Bombat Film Festival yeah. after his work in Shandhamassian's Proper British Sex, and then yeah. again in Fucking Ghost. He did some amazing work in this year's festival. Yeah, Ben is Ben is a, a true talent. Um, so Ben Ben has um, so you'll notice at the top of the trailer there's two production company logos. Uh-huh. Um, there's Maryland Moffat, obviously, which is Kelly's production company, but there's also Super Funny Films. Yes. And Super Funny Films is an offshoot of the Super Funny Show, which is a live um, stand-up comedy with multimedia show that we do down here in, in L.A. And part of our offering is we do short films and sketch films and things. Mm-hmm. And um, and we you know we play those at the at the show. Um, and Ben started Super Funny. I partnered with him. I guess a year, year plus ago, and so we're we're really you know actively developing that as its own thing. But um, that's why he's in both of the both of the films is because um, Sean is a filmmaker with Super Funny as well, and so um, we all collaborate on projects and we've done a bunch of stuff together. And so it was awesome when um, Sean is really the reason that um, we uh, even found Bone Bat. Yeah, exactly. Is- yeah, he, he deserves an assist for this. Yeah, uh, his Night of the Slasher uh, won an award a couple of years ago with us, and uh, this year when I was reaching out to filmmakers, he came back and he's he said, you know, I, I don't have anything horror, but I've got something a little different. Would you be interested in proper British sex? And yeah, we loved that. And then he said, eh, if you like that, by the way, I've got this friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, uh, yeah, fuck some ghosts. Um, yeah, and thankfully, like. You know, I, I asked him, I was like, hey, do you mind just sending it over there and just see what they say? Because I think it was like the last day or, or submission. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, it was right up against it. Yeah. Yeah. And and he sent it over and you liked it. And that was awesome. And we're just like, Brad, <laughs> you know, I think you were like our second or third official selection. So um, it was it was very, very cool to just, you know, get um you know. Sloppy seconds, yeah. Yeah, I get the sloppy seconds. <laughs> well, not, not only that, did we enjoy it, though, but the audience absolutely loved it. And it was it was great being in the chat. I think you were there, right? Just to see yeah. the, the live response from an yeah. audience that, you know, has been cooped up in their homes for eight months. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to, to have an opportunity to, to have this almost communal, enjoyable thing that we can all experience together was just wonderful. Yeah, there were so many great throwaway lines that, that turned out not to be throwaway lines because they keep getting repeated back to me. Like, we have breakfast there. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not yogurt. Yeah. I mean, oh, my God. Like, so much of this was improv, too. I was working with these incredible improv artists. And so, like, there was the script, and we got the script. There was so much. They brought so much to the table. Um, Natalie was incredible. Um, we, we cast Natalie the day before we shot. Really? Wow. Yeah. Kelly uh Kelly, Kelly had, had a an actress friend who was who was all in and um and we even did a, a table read with her and, and she got she got booked on a feature, was it Kelly? Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we had to yes. it. So she was like, see ya. <laughs> oh, Good luck with your ghost thing. <laughs> yeah. um, and and then we have this like as with every production, right? Like there's the, the two days before you shoot and there's the panic. And then there's like, I don't have a lead actress. I don't have, you know, um, Christy and, ah, and so we're just, we're looking at, 
YouTube audition videos of just or just like reels and things. And it was just it was really crazy. And then um, our AD, this guy, uh, Mitch Yapko, had recommended her. And I saw the tape of some of her work and um, and I thought she'd be great. And then I I, <laughs> like I, I called her, cold called her and I'm like, hey, you want to be in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> and then I sent her the script and she, you know, she got back to me and she's like, yeah, I'll do it. And that was that. I mean, it was I had no idea, honestly, like if it was going to even happen. It was, it was super sketchy. <laughs> Well, the, the end result is amazing. So what are your plans for the film? Currently, is it it's going to be in a festival circuit for a while? Yeah, yeah. Um, we are submitting the shit out of this. <laughs> yeah. As, oh, as you should. The shit? Well, it's a yeah. poltergeist. That, that's actually, yeah, that's the people, poltergeist. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, that's great. Um, no, we, we've, um, gratefully, we've gotten into... Uh, a lot of, of great great festivals and um we're we've got a few coming up that are um uh, uh nightmares film festival in um, cleveland is is screening us um, yeah that's a uh, jason tostevin's festival is amazing yeah, yeah yeah he's great he's great i've had a few interactions with him already. he's really great um and um what else is there there's soho horror fest in london seems like a pretty I, we just saw a reel for there it looks really good I'm Holly blanking. Shorts. Oh, what else is there? Holly Shorts is coming. Oh, Holly Shorts. Oh, yeah, that and one. We, yeah. So we're, I think we're looking forward to seeing where this thing, <laughs> where this baby goes in 2021. Fantastic. Yeah. The ghosts yeah. are just getting started. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's been amazing. Like, like honestly, like, Bombat, the, the lineup you guys had, I mean, the, the fact that we won Jury Award against all of these incredible, like, there was so many good films. I watched both days. Did you? Oh, oh, fantastic. Yeah, and I was just so impressed by um, there's so many there were so many standout films, and so we're this is my first writer director effort, and just the reaction's been incredible, and we're just um, we're just so grateful for the um, community and 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 for you know just the, the love because this was um, <laughs> this was obviously a passion project. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, it wasn't it wasn't you know we didn't know where this was going to go or if it was going to go or, you know, especially when pandemic hit like a month after we shot it or after we finished it and it was like, Oh great. So what are we doing with this thing now? And then, you know, waiting it out, waiting it out and then um, starting to submit and just, you know, how, you know, no, we know what you mean because, you know, we were two weeks from uh, having this physical film festival when the quarantine hit. And it was, okay, what do we do now? Holy smokes. Are theaters going to open soon? Are theaters going to open ever? And then, yeah, you know, I know, we went to the online thing and uh, it worked out pretty well. So yeah, I'm, glad, yeah. I'm glad we were all able to come together for this. It's pretty darn cool. Absolutely. It was, it was a treat. You guys did a great job. Thanks, um, Thanks. Really, really impressive. Question for you. So with, with sure. ghosts, are the fluffers ghosts as well? Or how does that whole thing work? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry, that's, uh, that's not a serious yes question. Yes, and uh, yeah. serious question. We always ask all of our guests here on the Bone Bash Show. Jason, Kelly, what pisses you off? Right, Kelly, you go first. Oh, I'm uh, people that change their password on streaming devices that you're using and don't tell you. <laughs> I, they have a special place in hell. What's that about? I don't know. 
<laughs> that's some cold shit though. right there. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> Um, what pisses me off is um, warm sheets. <laughs> I like my sheets. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Can you just please for a second picture what it's like to be on set with all of these casts of characters, these guys making these improv jokes and whatnot all day. It was the most ridiculous set I've ever been on and by far <laughs> the most fun I've ever had. Yeah, it sounds like my dream come true, really. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's that's yeah. why horror comedy is so great because uh, can you think of anything more fun? It, it was, yeah, to Kelly's point, I mean, it was, this production was outrageous. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, there's, there's some, there's some kind of funny tidbits. So I acted as the ghost sound on set so that's my voice. And then we ended up using me <laughs> for like all the, the moaning is my, my, <laughs> um, and then, um, and Kelly, uh, stepped in as uh, a ghost because ghost. we were yeah. down a cat. We were down an extra who wanted to, <laughs> to be a ghost fucker. Um, <laughs> and, uh, who doesn't? yeah. So Kelly, Kelly, uh, saved the day and donned the sheet and, um, she was, she was great. Yeah, reliving my acting, my my glory days, my acting career. So yeah, dream Bravo. come true. So can you get a SAG card for that, or do you have to do more than moaning? Oh, you bet I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you guys make a sequel, give us a call, because Gordon and I will get on an airplane to be extras under a sheet. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely, we will. Fair enough, you guys. Absolutely. Yeah, we're trying to figure out, like, like all jokes aside, we're trying to figure out like if there's a way to like stretch this out because it's it's such a unique idea that um, you know can can we actually figure it out? Can we actually crack it? And it's definitely mm-hmm. on the on the agenda to try to see if there's something we can do with this. To um, I think we have an amazing proof of concept for like this incredible broad comedy, and so it's now it's like thinking about like how do we you know how do we crack it. Well, maybe a crowdfunding idea if you if you pledge a certain level, you know, you could be recorded as one of the one of the moans in the ghost or something. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's the thinking. I'm this taking notes. <laughs> Moaning ghosts, the sequel. Yeah, yes. yeah. It's uh yeah, it's been um it's been such a fun ride. I mean, honestly, like this was just a stupid idea I had that I got people involved in. <laughs> and then just to think that, you know, you know, just to to be screening and and have this incredible cast and just the crew was amazing we had so much it was so much fun it was it was completely insane yeah it's just been a blast <laughs> fantastic well thank you again for joining us on the show and thank you so much for sharing your amazing work with us thank you thank you okay. yeah it's been a, it's been awesome and and we'll definitely be hitting you up in the future with uh, our next thing we yeah look, I, def- I want to see it whatever it is we look forward <laughs> to it congratulations again guys. Thank you so much, guys. Thank Have a good you. One. Thank you, Bumbat.
This is writer-director Jason Cook from Fucking Ghosts, and you're listening to The Bone Bat Show. Bust a bust. 9-7. Hot shit. Check it out. Hit you with no delaying, so what you saying, yo? Silly with my nine, Millie with the dilly, yo. When I be on the mic, guess I do my duty, yo. While up in the club, I be wild in the studio. You don't want to violate, nigga, really and truly, yo. My main thug, nigga, named Julio. He moody, yo. Type of nigga that can slap you with the tulio. Bitch, nigga, scared to death, act fruity, yo. Fuck that, lick a shorty, she a little cutie, yo. The way she shake it, make me want to get all in the booty, yo. Top mistress of the banging bitches and videos. Smiling with my feet, like be up in the freak shows. Hit you with the shit, make you feel it all in your toes. Hot shit, got all you niggas in wet clothes. Style out my metaphors when I formulate my flows. If you don't know, you fucking with lyrical player pros. Like that. You wanna party with me? Let me see just what you got for me. Put all your hands where my eyes can see. Keep up wildin' in the place to be. If you really wanna party with me, let me see just what you got for me. Put all your hands where my eyes can see. Keep up wildin' in the place to be. If you really wanna party with me, ain't gotta be trust. Yo, it's a must that you heard of us, yo, we murder us. A lot of niggas is wondering and they curious. I'm making my niggas do it, it's so mysterious. Furious, all of my niggas is serious. Shook niggas be walking around fearing us. Front nigga like you don't wanna be hearing us. Gotta listen to how radio be playing us. 30 time I did she to make you delirious. Damaging everything all up in your areas. Yo, it's funny how all the chickens be always serving us. All of them between the ears when they wanna carry us. Get you good, then I hit them off with the alias. Various chickens, they wanna marry us. Yo, it's flip mode, my nigga, you know we bout to bust. Seven figure money, the label preparing us. Like the dust instead of you making the fuss. Niggas know better cause there ain't no comparing us. Mad at us, niggas is never be fabulous. Cause my people love with the flow that be marvelous. Oh shit, my whole click, Victoria's. Taking no prisoners. Niggas is straight up warrior. Why you feel it out? I know you be feeling so glorious. Then I play some reminisce on my nigga notorious. Why you don't wanna party like me? Put that back. Let me see what you got for me. Put that back. All your hands in my eyes to see. Straight up wildin' in the place to be. If you really wanna party with me, let me see just what you got for me. Put all your hands in my eyes to see. Straight up wildin' in the place to be. If you really wanna party with me. Let me see just what you got for me. Put all your hands with my eyes to 
see But I'm keep on wildin' in the place to be If you really wanna party with me Let me see just what you got for me Put all your hands with my eyes to see Stop on wildin' in the place to be If you really wanna party with me Let me see just what you got for me Put all your hands with my eyes to see Stop on wildin' in the place to be If you really wanna party with me Let me see just what you got for me Put all your hands with my eyes to see Stop on wildin' in the place to be This is Kelly Parker, producer of Fucking Ghosts, and thanks for listening to The Bone Bat Show. All right, once again, that was Ghost Town Fighting on the Dance Floor, the specials versus the prodigy from DJ Bud the Wiser off of Attack of the Killer Monster Mashups. Following that, we had the title cut from the latest Sam Haynes release, Groovy Murder Disco. I hope you enjoyed that. You can find more of his work at samhaynes1.bandcamp.com. And I had to follow that up with a 2020 remix of one of my favorite Halloween mashups of all time, Busta Ghosts from Cheeky Boy. Uh, that's Ray Parker Jr. versus Busta Rhymes. And uh, I hope you enjoyed that one as much as I did. Now, our final bout of beer and candy. I just cracked open the Piece de Resistance Lucifer, brewed by Het Anker Belgian Ale. Well, I hope it's better bottle, than the Diablo. Enormous bottled devil beer. And you know what? This is nice. It's like the exact opposite of the IPA that I had before. Oh, good. Beautiful. Beautiful, I say. Kind of light and crisp. A little bit of like an apple flavor to it. A little weedy. Asshole flavor. Apple. Oh, that's totally different. And you know what's going to go down good with that is a Nestle Coffee Crisp. Only 260 calories for the per bar because I'm going light this year, Gord. Healthy fruit snacks, 100% <laughs> veggie fruit snacks, and now a, uh, a light coffee bar. Healthy road apples. <laughs> well, how about you? Uh, I've, got a, I've got a candy in a story. I'm... I'm having a Butterfinger because this is a delicious candy bar and it's been one of my favorites almost, it it goes back to one of my earliest memories when I was really little, I don't even know, before I was five for sure, back before we moved up north, I was placed in the custody of a man named Uncle Scotty and I only have one memory of this man. And it's we were in a supermarket. I guess I must have been done something that you decided I, I was particularly good and I needed a treat. And he's I don't think this is the feel good story you think it is. Well, now that reflecting on it, it's really dark. I guess that's why I never got to see Uncle Scotty again. <laughs> I mean, this whole story ends with an arrest. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? That's a thousand times better than what I was going to tell you. This one's for you, Uncle Scotty. I think you're just misunderstood, man. You may be the person I am today. 
That is the most fucked up thing we've ever committed to take. <laughs> Are you alright, man? <laughs> I think I need a shower. Alright. Yeah, you know what? We were just talking about how we like a good twist. <laughs> no, seriously, what, what's the story with Uncle Scott? <laughs> it's really not that good. It's nothing compared to me getting a treat. <laughs> In a grocery store by some degenerate named Uncle Scotty. What the hell? That's kind of a racist name if you think about it. <laughs> it's offensive to Scotsmen and pedophiles. <laughs> it would be offensive to grocers. <laughs> it's offensive to anybody who's ever bought groceries. Offensive, especially to the produce manager in any major chain of grocery stores. I feel like I'm somehow responsible. <laughs> I bet Ira Glass doesn't have to deal with this horse shit. This is not going to get any better, is it? <laughs> There's going to be no sweet release of death to get me out of this editing job. No. God, no. Oh. <laughs> oh, and that's why I never go to Temecula. <laughs> Thank yous. Thank you. Once again, we'd like to thank all the attendees, Kickstarter backers, filmmakers who attended, the 10th Boneback Comedy of Horrors Film Festival, the visiting dignitaries in the chat. Thank you to Sean Namassian, Jason Cook, Raul Manger, and Zoran Gavoyich for uh, joining us and uh, informing us about their work. Thank you to Bombat sponsors, Fanographic Books, Dolcetta Artisan Suites. Scarecrow Video, Zulu's Board Game Cafe, Paizo Publishing, GT Printing Equipment, True Cult Coffee, Zosser Pizza, Mac and Jack's Brewery, Vortex Video and Music, Dark Horse Comics, Zippy's Giant Burgers, and Jerry Cooch! Also, thank you to Central Cinema for letting us shoot our intros there. Uh, we really feel like that added something special to the fest, and it's very much appreciated. Also, thank you so much to our award-winning filmmakers for joining us this episode to talk about their films. The great news about that is that all three Viewer's Choice Award winners are currently available to view online in full. So click the link on the Bonebat page to enjoy OI, Don't Feed These Animals, and ASMR Xenomorph Attack at your own viewing convenience. Also, Hollins and Hollins Mortuary Entertainment has posted both of their musical interludes from the Comedy of Horrors Film Fest. That's one half-hour set from each night of this year's fest posted on Lester T. Raw's YouTube page. So you'll want to check that out as well. Also, uh, we still have some merch available from the 2020 Comedy of Horrors. We've got t-shirts and uh all sizes from medium to double extra large. We've also got one hoodie left of each size. So medium, large, extra large, and 2XL. There's only one left. So first come, first serve. Grab yourself a hoodie through our Square site. You will find a link on the Bone Bat page. Our usual bullshit. You can reach the show at 425-296-6557 or via email to steve at bonehand.com. Got new content at Bonehand.com every once in a while. It's also the home of the Heavy Half Hour. You can find my stuff at MightyWombat.com. Also, I'm on the Facebooks over there, so you can see what I do. New comics most every week, unless I'm doing other stuff. 
I am Bonehand on Twitter. We also have a Bonebat Twitter feed and Facebook group, as well as a Instagram account where we post uh, things semi-often about the film festival, podcast, uh, bands we dig, etc., etc. Also, uh, thank you for listening. If you like what we do, please spread the word and tell a friend. I think we'll close the show the same way the Pine Box Boys did with their rendition of the classic Stab. And following that, we will check out the new Bone Bat Comedy of Horrors theme song composed by Lester T. Raw of the Pine Box Boys. He spent a good year and a half composing this tune and we are so thrilled to have it this is called cthulhu photogen the theme to the comedy of horrors i hope you dig it uh once again this is steve and this is gord have a good one i do have a good one and happy halloween try that again thank you folks for joining us for the Bone Bat Comedy of Horrors Film Festival. We've been the Hollands and Hollands Mortuary Entertainment Show featuring the Pine Box Boys. It's not right. That's not the right chord. Let's see if we get it this time. Uh, and the Graveside Quartet. Anyway, as Hollins and Hollins always says, we'll be the last ones to let you down. Here's one I taught my daddy. Well, I guess my daddy did just what I did. Because he gave my first razor when I stood. He said, son, if you're a coward, you can stab your way to power. But I'll cut you if you turn your back on me. Stab them. That's what?
Gentlemen, Jimmy, I'm Lester T. Raw. Good night. Bunch of fun with Halloween, but now we've got some serious work to do, Gord. Vote. It's time and... to vote. That's right. Get out there and vote. I don't care who you vote for, but make well, sure I that you do. submit. <laughs> make sure you submit a ballot. It is your job as an American. Make it happen. And unless, you. of course, you're not American, but still, that's true. Good point. But still, this song can apply to you. This is the latest jam from Illbots. To rock while you are filling out your ballot.
Kick a racist in the penis. Chia. Stevie D back in this bitch for the do-so, do-so. <laughs> World's going kind of crazy right now, you know what I'm saying? I don't like to advocate violence, but these racist motherfuckers make me want to kick a penis, a penis. Where you want to kick a man? The penis, a penis. Where you want to kick a man? The penis, a penis. Where you want to kick a man? Looking for the place where all the racists kick it at. The penis, a penis. Where you want to kick a man? The penis, a penis. Where you want to kick a man? Fiendish, a penis. So we know some mean shit. No one's in the place kicking racists in the penis. The whole world's gone coconuts, so it's time for my foot to call some broken nuts. Ain't got love for anybody, ain't got love for everybody. I'm stressed out, my nose is bloody. Is it Now let me get back to the issue. Yeah, 2020 make me sadder than the Smiths do. I ain't like red hats and Fred Durst was rocking them. So when I see a bag of hat like LL, I'm dropping them. Penis a penis. Where you wanna kick a man? Penis a penis. Where you wanna kick a man? Penis a penis. Where you wanna kick a man? Looking for the place where all the races kick it at. Penis a penis. Where you wanna kick a man? Penis a penis. Where you wanna kick a man? Penis a penis. So we got some mean shit. No one's in the place kicking races. The and to the ladies, we ain't sexist, yo, this is for you. Feel more racist, yo, we'll kick you in the penis too. We don't discriminate, we kick your penis till it breaks. Racist on the floor, makes me motherfucking salivate. You're looking kind of squeamish, that's cause I kicked you in the motherfucking penis. Hands in the air like you really do care. Oh yeah, fuck Trump with his troll doll head. Yeah. The penis, the penis. Where you wanna kick him at? The penis, the penis. Where you wanna kick him at? The penis, the penis. Where you wanna kick him at? Looking for the place where all the racists kick it at. The penis, the penis. Where you wanna kick him at? The penis, the penis. Where you wanna kick him at? Fiendish, I mean the so we got some mean shit. No one's in the place kicking racist in the penis. Ice cold, put your feet in the penis hole. Ice cold, put your feet in the penis hole. Ice cold, put your feet in the penis hole. Ding dong, gonna kick him in the ding dong. Ding dong, gonna kick him in the ding dong. Ding dong, gonna kick him in the ding dong. Can't believe this is a real song. The penis, the penis. Where you wanna kick him at? The penis, the penis. Where you wanna kick him at? The penis, the penis. Where you wanna kick him at? Looking for the place where all the races kick it at. The penis, the penis. Where you wanna kick him at? The penis, the penis. Where you wanna kick him at? Fiendish, I mean the so we got some mean shit. No one's in the place kicking races in the penis.